The Bonfires of Social Enterprise with Detroit-based Rami Gingrass of Gingrass Global. Hey there, this is Rami. I recently had the opportunity to interview Jay Rayford of Social Sushi. I was really drawn to this particular social enterprise because of the collaborative effort around this particular project. Now, as I understand it, Lawrence Tech University engaged the students to come up with alternative functional uses for some of the abandoned shipping containers. They, in turn, engaged a local Detroit high school to help. Then, as a joint high school-university team, selected Jay's business to open as a restaurant inside of the shipping container project. Very cool. I hope you enjoy listening to Jay tell part of his story with his infectious smile. We're here today with Jay Rayford of Social Sushi. Welcome, Jay. Thank you. I greatly appreciate you having me, and I'm looking forward to the discussion. So tell us about Social Sushi. Are you really making sushi? (laughs) So yeah, Social Sushi actually is sushi. Uh, We have sushi for our events, um, but it started really from networking uh, all over the city. Uh, I was uh, born and raised here, started off in um, electrical engineering field, and uh, had the chance to leave Detroit for about four and a half years. So I lived in um, Florida, New York, and Pennsylvania. And uh, while I was in Pennsylvania, I saw a lot of opportunities or things that are happening, exciting things that are happening here in Detroit. And um, I tried to reach out to friends and family and with this excitement and just like, hey, do you guys see what's happening? Like, it, we have to get involved with these things. And uh, I was kind of met with this kind of hopelessness, um, this kind of despair, like, oh, it's nothing, absolutely nothing happening here. Do not come back. You have a good job. Do not come back here. And it, and it bothered me. When you see so much, you know, that, uh, that the people you care about, you want them to, you know, get in on opportunity as well. And uh, so um, I moved back home at the end of 2010, fully um, passionate about um, getting involved with social entrepreneurship, community engagement, things like that. I was, uh, to get started, I was networking in every circle I can think of, like whether that was music, fashion, startups, uh, nonprofits, community organizations. Whatever I can get involved in and kind of see what's happening, meet people, that's what I would do. And what I saw was that there were so many different silos of people getting together that um, they were doing great things, but they weren't getting outside of their own circles. And I, I saw an issue with that. I thought that, like, hey, like, the fashion people should know the tech people, the tech people should know the music people, you know, and stuff like that. And so... Um, me and uh, a partner uh, decided to get together and say, like, what could we do to bring people together across these different disciplines and, um, you know, professional backgrounds, things like that. And uh, we thought that maybe uh, we, we actually looked around on social media a little bit and kind of just kind of just saw what people were, were talking about and getting excited about. And we saw that every time it was a conversation about sushi, people were getting super excited, like, oh, my God, I just had some great sushi or, hey, who wants to go out and eat, get some sushi? It was stuff like that. Um, and we were just like, you know what, let's what if we use sushi as a way to bring these people together? And so that's how, uh, that's literally how it started. Um, so we were like, okay, we're going to have this event. We're going to call it Social Sushi. And we're going to invite all these people from these that we've been meeting across these different circles uh, and, and invite them to this event where we're going to have sushi. Um, and so we saw sushi as a natural draw to bring people together, but we wanted to make sure we use this opportunity to make sure that we help expose things that are happening that people may not have known about. So we would have our events in downtown Detroit, but um, we used the excitement of being downtown as a way to help create awareness for what's happening in the neighborhoods. Because uh, at the time, there were so many people just saying, like, there's nothing happening in the neighborhoods. Everything is happening downtown. But what about our neighborhoods? 
And I saw a lot of great things happen in neighborhoods. There were a lot of people with their heads down working every single day and have been for years, but they don't get the recognition. They, they don't do it for publicity. Um, and a lot of times they, they like the resources because uh, I guess the people with the resources don't get out to the neighborhoods to kind of see what's happening. And they don't come down here as much. You know, I mean, because their work and their life is in the neighborhood. So we want to create this opportunity where we invite these organizations and these people doing this awesome work to come to these events downtown and get connected to the people that like possibly can offer resources, you know, whether it's um, financial resources or skill sets that they can offer or whatever it may be. Um, but just that they know that this that there's um, a lot of people here that are working on uh, improving our city. And so uh, we did that for the first year, and it was, it was very successful. Um, it was really tedious at first because literally we didn't know where, what it, where place we were going to go next. So it was literally at the end of the one event, we were like, okay, where are we going next? Um, and that's kind of how that happened. And within the second year, we decided to switch it up and do what I call a social catering experience. And so we will offer event planners and organizations that want to do fundraisers, things like that, uh, to hire us to bring sushi to their event. And then we'll also promote it to the following that we've developed over this time. So if you notice, I mean, not a lot of catering companies actually promote where they're going to be. And uh, we were like, I mean, I always thought that was kind of crazy because it, it, it would make it would make more sense to market that, like, hey, we're doing all these different events. It would make me more um, apt to actually hire this company because, like, they're everywhere doing all this kind of amazing stuff, right? Um, and so, like, we were we were able to uh, offer that service, and also, like, um, if they if it was a public event, we would offer our services to use our social media to promote the event and things like that. And so, like, not only did they we, did we uh, add kind of what I always call sexiness to the event uh, using sushi, but also more people that we will bring um, to their event. So their event got more publicity. We reach out to people. We end up getting in front of people that we never would have otherwise if we didn't get hired for this event. So that just grew our following larger and larger. And yeah, so now um, um, in the third year, um, we just kept hearing from people like, where are you located? This is awesome sushi. We want it tomorrow, the next day, the next day. Like, where can we get this sushi? A lot of times we told people like, well, there's no, I mean, we're just a pop-up. Like, we don't, there's, it, there is no location right now. So it was really the power of the people that actually got us to start thinking about putting together a business plan for social sushi. Within months of us writing that business plan, we start putting some fillers out in some different spaces around the city. And then one day I get a phone call about some students working on this project out of shipping containers, and they're looking for entrepreneurs to go into the space. So I go, I go and pitch to the students. Uh, it's Lawrence Tech University and Western International High School students that are actually like designing and building this whole space. And uh, so I pitch to them about social sushi, uh, tell them everything, tell them the story. Um, and they hear from us and a few other entrepreneurs. And uh, I get a call a couple of days later and said that they decided that Social Sushi was a good fit for their project. And it was crazy. I was, <laughs> I mean, sustainable sushi restaurant built out of shipping containers that's designed and built by college and high school students. <laughs> so it's kind of crazy how, you know, that's, that's where we are now. And uh, um, it's been an exciting journey so far. Well, that's so smart. Sometimes uh, people don't realize when you've got a, a service model, these pop-up locations and these pop-up events are one of the very best ways to prove concept, especially if you're looking for funding at some point down the road, because you actually start to build a following. Jay, what would you say your following is right about now on social media? Across our different channels, uh, we have uh, Instagram and uh, our Facebook page, have a Twitter 
Um, so I think it's around, and we also have a database, like an email database that we develop over time too. So it's around, I don't know, five, 6,000, I believe, um, where we are right now. I want to shine a light on that for a minute. Not even open yet, but have developed a following. It's such a smart way to go because you've developed this social social group that wants to see you get open. And so now you've got sort of an advocacy club <laughs> just for what you're doing. Jay, where do you get the sushi? Are you guys making the sushi yourselves? Or tell us about the actual product that you're bringing to eat. So when we first started, we actually had um, a chef that was on board with this that would do all our events. And then he ended up opening a restaurant in, in Canada uh, himself. So that was exciting. Challenging and exciting uh, at the same time. But along the way, we were learning how to roll sushi and things like that, too. So we've done events where we ourselves have rolled the sushi, even though, I mean, we're not, you know, um, trained chefs. But through his guidance and stuff like that, we've been able to do that. But for the larger events, my, so my uncle is a, is a sushi chef as well. And he started back when he was in, like, a kid, a teenager. And so the same guy that hired him for his first job, um, he introduced to us, um, who uh, he, he's, he's ran a Japanese restaurant for, for many years and now is doing just catering business alone right now. And so, like, for the larger events, um, so if we had a request for three, 400 people event, we were able to, like, um, tap into our mentor and have him provide the sushi for those events. Um, so it was pretty exciting to be able to have that partnership um, and, a, and a guidance, too, um, to be able to kind of learn the business as well. And, um, you know, as we were moving into kind of actually opening the restaurant, being able to have somebody with some expertise and the relationships to, uh, for, to suppliers and things like that, that can help as well. So it's been exciting um, doing that. And, we, and then we also um, we have another chef now. Her name is uh, Tanea Hudson, and she's an African-American female. If you think about it, uh, there's not a lot of like... We, First of all, you don't see a lot of uh, women sushi chefs, uh, let alone, you know, African-American uh, female oh, sushi chefs. Yeah. So so we're, we're taking part in that kind of like the, the culture of the sushi business, things like that, but also uh, opening up the opportunity to people that also have a passion for, um, you know, that culture and that food and uh, being able to open a space here in the city um, where people can get ex- um kind of get excited about, you know, um, something different, something new. Jay, before we transition into more of what the restaurant's going to be like, what would be one of the things that maybe surprised you the most about one of your pop-up stories? What's one thing that comes to mind without thinking about it too much that you thought, wow, I'm really surprised by this? The first one that comes to mind, um, we actually did an event um, uh, in a place called the Madison Building downtown. That's one of uh, Dan Gilbert's uh, spaces where they bring um, technology companies, where they they fund and train um, technology companies out of that space. We did an event there. It was called a pitch night. So basically what we did was we invited judges from um, different aspects of the the technology world. We did something a little bit different. So my team is also involved with this organization called uh, Awesome News Task Force. That's uh, part of, uh, there's this awesome, it's an organization called Awesome Foundation. Basically gets a crew of people together to pitch in money to give away $1,000 micro grants um, to just awesome projects, whatever it is. If we all vote and decide that that's a great project to fund, that's what we fund. And so this month we decided to kind of converge both worlds. So the technology side of things, so it was a pitch competition for, well, not a pitch competition, but more so just an opportunity to pitch it to judges and get feedback on that. 
But then we also invited the community that had awesome ideas for the community and things like that into this space as well. So now we got the tech community and the community community <laughs> together um, in this space. And, you know, it was it was amazing uh, um, to see that come together. So like I said, a lot of the, 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 the tech companies that are mostly exist downtown got an opportunity to see some of the movements that are happening in the neighborhoods and got a chance to kind of uh, connect with those folks and things like that. And a lot of times you never know what's going to happen from those relationships. So sometimes it's been partnerships that come out of that, just literally just them working together on an event or, or something like that. Um, and sometimes there's even been, you know, people that have dated from meeting each other at, at a social sushi. So um, the, the stories really range. And uh, it's just exciting because most of the time after we have uh, someone tries us one time, it's more so like they're a fan for life almost. Um, well, for the, as far as how long we've been operating. Uh, so it's always, a cha- they always champion social sushi um, after the first time. There's something about igniting that fire, the bonfire. I'm going to use a pun right now. <laughs> Let's move into uh, the discussion about what this restaurant's going to look like inside of a shipping container. Now, so I'm assuming, like, probably all the listeners on the podcast, we all have a vision of what a shipping container looks like. How Will you give us a, a little bit more of a visual, since we can't see it from here, what that would look like, and even dimensions, if you have that information so far? Um, yeah, so it's going to actually be four shipping containers to make up the whole restaurant. Um, so there will be uh, pretty much a full kitchen, um, a bar, uh, two bathrooms, and room for between... Um, 30, 30, 30 to 35 seating wise. And we're actually also located in the city park. So that's another addition of it that's, that's pretty crazy, but it's located right in front of the old Michigan Central Station. So there's this long standing historic building that uh, kind of has been sitting. I guess empty for for quite a few years now and kind of people are just like what's happening with this space and it's in Roosevelt Park and so like this park is pretty much underutilized um, and we so we want to bring a, a, an element to that park that uh, brings more people to that park bring more programming things like that but the physical space um, is, it'll be um, for our first restaurant it's going to be pretty pretty small it's not going to be a lot of space for us to do a lot of the social events like we were doing before but we have the, the outdoor piece um, where we can do a lot of stuff I mean, literally, they've created a space outdoors that can have like another 100 people there. Um, so there's a, there's a vision of doing um, like a movie screen out there, um, having um, there's there would be outdoor seating and even down to like how the they're looking at doing like stone that blend into grass. And I mean, it's so much like architectural and um, I mean all kind of different things that they're going to be doing. And we're also looking at how, how do we utilize that the outside of the space to, for artists to be able to like do spray paint type art, mm-hmm. mural-based art on the physical space itself. The inside, I mean, it's all uh, reclaimed Detroit wood uh, from, from um, uh, homes that are, that's been demolished and things like that in the area. Um, even from some from, some um, from old buildings that have been um, like I beams and stuff like that, we we'll, we'll be using outside for like seating and things like that. Yeah, so everything is pretty much uh, will be handcrafted out of Pony Ride. It's located in Corktown. Students are, are are literally learning how to make uh, seating and you know uh, cut wood. They're learning stuff in the metal shop that's there. The whole across the whole board. Um, so interior-wise, it'll be kind of like what we're calling like a rustic kind of like modern rustic kind of feel to it. Um, but like I said, it'll be like reclaimed wood for the most part uh, throughout the space. Uh, we're doing some 
poured concrete lampshades type stuff and so yeah so that's what we were looking at for the inside of the space uh it'll have access to kind of like two entrances uh where the front entrance and then also the back entrance will open up into the park so just imagine being able to uh sit outside on a, on a great day and seeing the backdrop of a historic beautiful building right in front of you and then to the left seeing the skyline of downtown detroit it's just been a, a wonderful journey uh engaging with the students and uh, for a lot of students, they're learning a lot of these skills, and, and they're actually getting college, the high school kids are getting college credit for being involved with the project as well. So Now, this is Western International High School in Detroit, yes. right? So now you're teaching there, so it's a full circle wrap. Everyone's motivating each other now. <laughs> I want to thank you for being on the podcast. If you would do us one last thing and tell us how we reach you directly on social media. For sure. Uh, social Sushi is um, on Twitter. We're Social Sushi D-E-T. And on Instagram, is just Social Sushi. And we're also on Facebook, uh, Social Sushi Detroit on Facebook. And then my personal uh, email address is uh, j at socialsushidetroit.com. And again, you can find our, our fundraise on uh, michiganfunders.com as well. A uh, shout out to Bamboo Group here. We're sitting on... Brush Street, I think, what is it, 1472? 1442. 1442 Brush Street. There's a very cool co-working space that Jay, of course, suggested we meet here because he's a supporter of all things community. For those of you who don't know, they've got, they also have a website at bamboodetroit.com. So look on there, support them as well. And thanks for tuning in to the Bonfires of Social Enterprise. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it useful, email this link bonfiresofsocialenterprise.com to a friend and help spread the word. Music by Dan Castle and Thomas Rojo. Portions of this podcast have been provided by Rami Jingress and are copywritten 2015 Jingress Global LLC and are disseminated by Flatlands Avenue Productions by exclusive arrangement with Jingress Global LLC.